Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone, welcome back to the SC Report podcast from NRLSuperCoachTalk.com for another week. The Rugby League and Supercoach season for 2018 is really heating up and you've got myself, Nick, here uh, and we had him filling in for me a couple of weeks ago and we're lucky enough to have him filling in for Josh tonight. It is Wilfred. Mate, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks Nick. And yourself? Good, thanks, mate. Good, good. Nice to talk to you as always. Um, plenty to talk about, isn't there? This this time of year is good, where you know some of the cheapies are starting to fatten up. Some of the the more expensive players are really starting to bottom out in price. It's a um, an interesting time. Yeah, it's a really tough trade week this week. Yeah, definitely. And then obviously we people start to think about the buys are uh, coming up in round thirteen around this time of the season as well. So. Plenty to think about, and we will get right into that in one second. Uh, firstly, we'll go around the grounds. Um, we'll start with you, mate, being the um, the guest of honour. How did you go this week, and how are you tracking so far this year? So I actually had one of my better weeks this week. I scored 1,147, which uh, saw me jump about 12,000 spots. But that's just only a sign of how badly I was travelling beforehand, so... I'm sitting around the 8,000s, which is uh, pretty shocking, to be honest, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly climbing back up. Yeah, it's very tight this year. What's what's your total score? Can you bring that up quickly? Yeah, I've got that in front of me, actually, because um, I was checking my score from last week. So I scored five, um, sorry, my total score is 5,011 points. Okay. So, I mean, I've, so I scored pretty much the same as you, 1145. Uh, I've jumped up to um, 1,600th, which I'm quite happy with. Uh, nice. My total score is 5,200. So, you know, so there's there's quite a few places between us, but there's not really that many points, to be honest, is there? You know, And you have one good week, and you could close that gap quite easily. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't help that I can't seem to um, find a captain, but, you know, that's, that's my battle. Yeah, no, Jake Trevojevic let quite a few down. On the weekend, I made a late change uh, to go with Ponga, which netted me about another, what, 23, 22 points or something like that, which which was good. But old mate Jai Arrow had a massive game, didn't he? Do you have him in your side? No, I don't. Ah, that's a um, problem. Didn't you ridicule me a couple of weeks ago for saying I was going to get him in? I did, I did. That's fair. I was, I was actually going to say, uh, I was going to come on and apologise for, for, for doing that. I um. Yeah, I, I laughed at you, I think, because Arrow was still um, starting at prop and, you know, Wallace hadn't hadn't come yeah. back yet and you were bold enough to trade him in, but uh, masterstroke from you there, Nick. Oh, mate, it's worked out okay, but I ridiculed you about bringing Madison in 
a few weeks ago, and, and he did have a couple of down weeks, but he played really well on the weekend, and he's he's looking like one of the better centre wing options this year, I think. So well done on that one, mate. Uh, I get some some wins, I guess. Um, I managed to take my my captaincy off Milford five minutes before that game locked out and oh. put it on Maloney. So, you know, there's there's another sixty odd points that I've cost myself just from swapping captains. Oh yeah, it's that's right. right. Yeah, sorry, but yeah, I forgot you went Maloney, not Jake Dubrovich. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a bold move, but you probably would have expected a little bit more from him against Parramatta, wouldn't you? Well, that's what I was thinking, but you know, you can't always get them right. Yeah. Nah, exactly. All right, like we said, big show. Um, We'll do the usual injuries, team news, uh, trades in and out, and we'll talk about some buy planning as well because, like we said, still sort of seven or eight weeks to go, uh, but people are starting to think about it, talk about it, and we should mention a few options. So I will quickly just run through some of the team news uh, because I'm sure people have seen it all already. Um, I'll do all of that, mate, and then I'll throw to you after that to, to add your comments off the back of that. Uh, before we do that, actually, the big injuries this week, are Nathan Brown, ankle injury out for a couple of weeks, and then Cam Murray with this hamstring. Has it been confirmed that he is out this week? Um, I don't think the club has come out and said anything, but it pretty much has been confirmed. I think we'll find out officially, um, if, if not now, um, but we'll see if he's in the, in the top 19 for tomorrow night, but it, it should be pretty, it's pretty much confirmed that he's going to be out. Okay. Yeah. And hopefully it's only a one or two week injury. And then, you know, he's a hold obviously with South playing that round 13, but if it is, if it does come out that it's a, you know, a three or four week injury, what would you do there? Yeah, I don't know. It's a really tough one. I, I, I'd i never thought about selling him, and I haven't thought about it at all. So if it does turn out longer than a week or two, then maybe it's you've got to move him on for someone who's either, you know, bottomed out, who's actually a genuine keeper that plays around 13, or maybe you find, you know, a cow that's going to come up and make some more money or whatever. I think it's a, it's a tough one if it's three or four weeks. But from all, from what I understand, it's actually quite minor and... He could have actually played this week if it wasn't for the fact that the Rabbitohs are playing tomorrow night. So, okay. fingers crossed that means he's back next week. Yeah, fingers crossed for sure. All right, like you said, Rabbitohs and Roosters tomorrow night. No changes for the Roosters. And thankfully, Richie Kenner is back for the Rabbits, which is great news. Uh, on Friday, we've got the Storm and the Knights. So, the Storm have dropped Brody Croft. Riley Jacks comes in to replace him. And for the Knights, Barnett is suspended. So interestingly, SASA uh, drops back to lock. The second game there is the Dragons and the Sharks. And old mate Leilua is out after I think he injured himself or tweaked something in reserve grade. Uh, for the Sharks, Dugan returns at centre, which means uh, Raman Noodles is out. Uh, Moylan is still at fullback and with Hodkinson in the halves. And interestingly, Katoa is playing for Newtown this week, so hopefully he's not too far away from an NRL return. Warriors and Broncos on Saturday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Warriors unchanged. Mannering still on the bench. Nothing super coach relevant for with changes regards for the Broncos. Cowboys and Bulldogs. Lachlan Coote returns with Hampton pushing down to the centres with Jarvid Bowen out. Uh, no changes for the Bulldogs. The Raiders and the Eels, probably one of the more interesting games of the round. Whiten returns at fullback. Uh, I'm not fully across his legal issues at the moment, um, but there could be a chance that he is a late out there with Brad Abbey named on the extended bench. 
Uh, Austin's in for the injured Williams, and Liam Knight has been dropped. I've just seen a few trade-ins with Liam Knight this week, so he is out. But for the Eels, Gutherson is back at fullback, uh, which, interestingly, George Jennings holds his spot on the wing, with Bevan French back also. Uh, so Will Smith's out of the side, and Hoffman is also out of the side. And like we said earlier, Nathan Brown is out with injury. Panthers and Titans, you've got Yao pushing out to the centres to replace Walker Blake, and C.A. Chen starts on an edge. We would all know what he can do if, if he gets minutes, so he could be one to watch there. His price has dropped quite a bit from the start of the year. And for the Titans, Matthews has been named on the edge over Cartwright, but Cartwright played 50-plus minutes last week, and we'll talk about him a bit more later on. Last game of the week is Manly versus the Tigers, and thankfully Tommy Turbo is back at fullback, and Gachevsky starts on the edge for Frank Winterstein, who's named on the bench. For the Tigers, Lola here's dropped. Uh, Thompson's back to fullback. Nofo's back on the wing. Reynolds has, is having his uh, debut game for the Tigers coming off the bench, and Russell Packer is out injured for, I think, four to six weeks, which means Alex Twole starts at prop. Uh, could be an interesting one there and definitely a daily fantasy play for anyone playing in any Sunday competitions. So, mate, a little bit doing there, isn't there? What are your sort of four or five key takeaways from the teams this week? Um, I think, yeah, the thing that stands out to me is for the Cowboys, Coot coming back, I think actually helps J2 um, just because he's he's often been a, like a secondary kicking option He's actually quite prominent in a lot of the attacking set plays and things like that. So I expect JT to get a bit better, um, knowing that you know their attack can. They've they've looked really clunky the last few weeks. So I think they will look better this week. Um, otherwise, you can write them off. I reckon if if they, if they still look like a shambles. Um, with the Raiders, I mean, Whiten's pleaded not guilty to his charges, and I think the court case is set down for the next date is in July. So how that impacts what happens this week, I I think it's really up to the Raiders um, what they wanted to, to do. I think the precedent has been set where if, if they pleaded not guilty, I think they just keep playing these days mm. until their court date. Um, I, I, I mean, unless we hear otherwise, you'd expect them to, to be lining up on the weekend. Yeah, like you say, that has been the precedent in other cases hasn't it so yeah I, I would expect him yeah to play like you said and abby's probably just there as cover yeah just in case you know for whatever reason and nrl decides to step in or whatever um, but i can't see them doing that just because like you know the precedent has been set in recent years yeah um i think with the eels with george jennings coming back um and then retaining his spot with hoffman being dropped um look i think the latest from the Eels out of the club is that Hayne is apparently going to be back in round nine. So if that's the case, then you'd expect George Jennings to have, you know, two or three weeks at least um, in the side, which, you know, at least he'll get his, a couple of price rises, hopefully. Um, and who knows what happens if he can, keeps impressing. I mean, what if he stays and Arva gets dropped and, and Hayne goes straight to center? I mean, that could be a best case scenario, in which case, Jenning could 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 hold his spot until round thirteen. So, I think he's probably worth a punt this week. Oh, mate, I'm a, very GP. very surprised to hear you say that. I thought you would have poo pooed Jennings as a um as an option. 
to be honest. I thought maybe too a bit too risky for your liking. Yeah, I mean, ordinarily I think I would have, but I think this year, I think throw the throw all of the old uh, rule books out the window. <laughs> it's, it's been that kind of season, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but have, yeah, I, I, I reckon I mean, just yeah, take a punt. Hey, I mean that's what I did with Arrow a couple of weeks ago. I figured I'll just take a punt, see what happens. I think if, if so many of us have Deadwood, like I've got Leilua sitting in my second row, I'm, I'm really tempted to flick him, put Jennings in at center wing, and I can move Madison up to to the back row for this week because I mean I've got Brown and Murray who are both out, so I'm needing a bit of uh, assistance in the second row anyway from Madison, so. That might actually be one of my trades this week, so I can flick some Deadwood for someone who at least grew up in price a bit, has a chance of holding his spot for a few weeks and potentially play around 13. So, Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, my team points-wise is travelling okay, but value-wise, it's uh, it's pretty shocking because, you know, I've got the likes of uh, Nichols, Leilua, Croker. He's not making much money. Uh, Lomax, Katoa. You know, four or five of these guys haven't made any money so far this year. So I think people who had, you know, Sammy, um, Rocco, you know, those sort of guys, as opposed to some of the the, um, more poorer players that I chose at the start of the year, are going to be a bit better off later on in the season because they'll have that value and have that cash to spend. Some of those guys just aren't getting the job done, are they? Yeah, definitely not. I think it's... It's the it's early enough in the season that you can try take maybe a few risks to try fix some of those mistakes. Yeah, yeah. And I think if this is one of those weeks, I mean, my team value's taken you know a huge nosedive because I've I had Rapana and Milford from round one, so they've both lost a fair bit of cash. Um, so you know that that's held me back, even though I've managed to jump on Sammy and and you know have a few other cows that have done all right, but. Yeah, I think you're, you're, you're bang on. Um, you've got to ch- keep building that team value, especially with the buys. Um, the buy structure this year is actually sneakily difficult. Um, if you want to be able to field big numbers in, in both buy rounds, you'll, you'll pretty much need to ensure you don't have any deadwood, um, you know, moving into the buys. So, yeah, so a bit of forward planning there. Now, mate, that's what we in the industry call a segue. So we're going <laughs> to segue through to the buy planner. Um so just before I start running through some of the basics, are you you're aiming for 17 players for each of the buy rounds this year? Uh, so there's there's only two round 13 and round 17. That's right. Um, yes, uh, that that's the ideal. I don't know how realistic it is, just because my team is still a shambles. Um, I think you know, the if you to break it down basically between round 13 to round 17, you get 11 trades to use. Yeah. So from when Round 13 locks out, so round 13 the guys have played. So from there, you're obviously trying to build your team towards round 17. Um, you only get 11 trades from there. So if you've got a team of 25, if you've got 17 out of that 25 playing round 13, that means eight players um, you, you, you could have potentially playing round 17 already. So if you're going to use 11 trades, um, then you're only you know you've only got like two players extra that you could swap around. Um, to, to be able to field, um, you know, for going from 8 to 17 for round 17. I'm not explaining this very well, am I? <laughs> hey, that, that lit- no, that, was, that is explained very well. That literally just blew my mind. I have not think 
thought of it like that before, but I understand exactly what you're saying. If you've got 17 playing in round 13, and because there's only two buys, if you if you play in round 13, you do not play 17 and vice versa. So if you've got 17 in round 13, that means that your other eight, their team will be scheduled to play in round 17. So if you want to get from eight to 17, obviously you need to get nine additional players in round 17 that aren't in your team at round 13 because all those players who play round 13 will not be playing round 17. Yeah, exactly. That that was very well explained. So there's <laughs> much a, better than me. There is um, there's two two schools of thought here, I suppose, isn't there? You aim for seventeen, then you've got a lot of work to do between the two buy rounds to get back to a number for round seventeen, or maybe you go for fifteen in round thirteen, and then and then maybe aim for fifteen in round seventeen or something like that, and try and conserve a couple of trades because. The guys who are trading hard now are down to 27 trades already. So, you know, come buys. Buys are still eight weeks away. So those people could be uh, at sort of 19 trades, 18 trades by buys. You smash through 11 in this period, and then you're at seven trades for the last sort of 10 weeks, which is, it's, it's I don't know, it's the way, I suppose, is that sort of how you did it in 2016, was trade hard and then ride it out at the back end? Yeah, I think, you know, in 2016, I was all about the buys. So I made sure I felt fielded good numbers. I had like 16 for the first buy and 17 for the second. And I think I only scraped through with like 14 or 15 for the third. But like overall, that's still pretty good numbers for the three buy rounds. I came out with, I, I, I used max trades for the next three weeks, I think. And I finished up with an extra two trades left over that I had up my sleeve that I kept for the rest of the, you know, until like round 24, round 25. So uh, I think that means I came out of buys after the last buy round with about eight trades left. Okay. All right. So, so that's, that's a good number to aim for. And yeah, so, so I think basically you need a minimum of 15 players for each of the buys this year, preferably 17, obviously, but... Let's say a minimum of 15. So in round 13, the eight teams that we've got playing are the Cowboys, the Eels, the Knights, the Rabbitohs, the Roosters, Manly, the Sharks, and Tigers. So Cowboys, Eels, Knights, Rabbitohs, Roosters, Manly, Sharks, Tigers. Any Origin players will not be playing in this week. So if we have a look at some of the top averages for players from those particular teams... I'll just rattle off a couple, uh, and then you you can sort of tell us who you think is worth targeting for that first buy. I'm I'm thinking Tommy Turbo, Jake Turbo, and potentially Cohen Hess are all Origin chances. Yep. We've got Ponga, DCE, Kenner, Damian Cook, Fafita, Corusau, Isan Masters, Ryan Madison, and then Nathan Brown. That's our first bunch of players. So if we presume that Tommy Turbo, Jake Turbo, and Cohen Hess are out of the picture, what do you think of the other nine guys? Yeah, I think Kenner, um, you know, you've got to make a decision soon whether you just take his cash and run because he doesn't have great base stats. So to hold him till round 13, you're kind of counting on him you know, getting occasional tries here and there along the way till he gets there. So, you know, you may he may not stick around till then. Um, Fafita is already confirmed he won't play Origin. 
um, well, sorry, he, he, that he's going to play for Tonga in the mid-year test, which I think excludes him from playing for the other, or he won't get picked, basically. Yeah. So I think he's as close to a must-have for that first buy round as, it, as, as it'll get for now. Um, you know, Madison, that was one of the reasons I jumped on him, you know, as, as looking forward when I traded him in. Uh, Masters looks really good at the moment with Lola here um, having been dropped. So Masters goal kicked last time Lola here was out of the team. So there's every chance that he'll pick that up again. And then obviously he's got um, that offload working really well. So, yeah, look, I think um, DCE apparently is still in the mix for uh, a starting half spot, whether you believe that spin or not, because that's what Kevy said. Um, he, he's, he's in the mix. So uh, otherwise, I think he's looking like a really good option, along with JT, for that first buy round in, that, in, in the halves for you. Yeah, yeah, agree. Yeah, Damien Cook, his value for feed out looks the goods. And then I suppose, so this is why I, I would be holding Nathan Brown and why I am holding Nathan Brown, because he does play that first buy round. He's only going to be out for two weeks. I would not be surprised at all if he plays next week. He seems like a pretty tough bloke. So yeah, I won't be selling him. Uh, the next lot of guys that we've got who play that first buy round, I'll just rattle them off quickly. We've got Tedesco. Look, he's probably Origin. Keary, Corey Thompson, Cody Walker, Aiden Guerra, averaging 60 this year. Ferguson, yep. Tapao, Fitzgibbon, Elijah Taylor, Cameron Murray, Burgess, and Crichton. So this is sort of your your sort of sub, or not sub keeper, I suppose, but sort of slightly lower end, averaging between 56 and 63 for the year. So. Is there a couple of guys in there who who you would be targeting over the next month or so? Yeah, I think um, Tapao's been on my radar for a while. Um, I've been watching his minutes pretty closely. Uh, Fitzgibbon, I've actually liked for a long time, but I just I can't convince myself to pull the trigger. I just get scared off by his low base stats generally. Yeah, he just uh, reminds me of Barnett, Barnett from last year. Remember when I started with Barnett last year and he was just an absolute shocker? That's For some reason, every time I, I see Fitzgibbon, I think of Barnett and I just can't do it. <laughs> I was going to say, Fitzgibbon's more like Barnett from, from the year before, you know, when he was actually really, really good and playing on the edge <laughs> for 80 minutes. Yeah, Because um, that's what he's getting now. Uh, he's playing on that same edge Barnett was on. So, look, he's still getting those attacking stats. I mean, 59 average over the first five rounds. So, um, but yeah, I, I just can't pull the trigger. I, I don't, I don't know, don't know why. But I mean, at down the bottom there, Murray's, Burgess, and Crichton. I mean, Crichton probably like an outside chance for Origin. I can't see him getting a spot this year, to be honest. So, you know, he he hasn't been going along great, uh, but he's still, you know, averaging 57. It's not yeah. too bad. Yeah. given the crackdown on penalties and how all the forwards, their base stats are a lot lower generally. So I think there's some good options there. Um, I mean, yeah, I agree. Teddy's probably going to be playing Origin. Can't see him getting dropped. Kiri's an interesting one because uh, you know, technically he's a chance to play for the Blues. I mean, he's not. He's in pretty good form and he's playing pretty well running off Kronk. So it's, uh, I don't know. I, I couldn't go there myself, but I can see that... You know, he is a chance to play Origin. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just can't bring him in. I, I don't know. For some reason, he looks injury prone to me. I just, I don't know. It's just a, just a feeling I've got. And this is a really interesting list because, I mean, you know, that's the top 
24 averages for people playing in that first buy round and Paul Gallon's not even on the list at all which goes to show you know how quiet he has been over the first five weeks of the year um but we'll talk about him when we get to the buy the players to to buy this week I think so that's just some of the guys there um you know to look at over the next three or four weeks with that round 13 buy in mind with with that done, we might just pause uh, just for a second to take a word from our sponsor and we'll be back in a moment. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, mate, some really insightful uh, buy planning stuff there. Let's have a look at some of the sells for this week. Do you do you want to sort of talk us through maybe two or three of the more popular sells some so far and what your thoughts are on each of them? Yeah, so the the most popular trade out option right now is uh, Jermaine Osako, which you can understand why he's made a, <clears throat> he's made about one hundred and ten thousand. He's been traded out for by over seven thousand super coaches so far. Um, his break even is just a tad over forty, I believe. So it's not sky high. Um, He's, to be honest, I, I think I'm planning to hold him uh, myself. I, I get he, he's given me shades of Tao Tao Moga from last year. You remember last year oh, everyone yeah. sold him, yeah, and then Moga went on to make like another 150 grand uh, yep. about starting like two weeks after he got sold. So I'm getting that same little feeling with Isako, and um, the Broncos do have a month of SunCorp Stadium games coming up from like round nine onwards or something so it's not too far away and i think he'll he'll make some money over that period so uh, i can i having said that if he need if you need his cash by downgrading him to like a jennings or whatever to be able to upgrade someone to a you know a a, a keeper of sorts then i've got no issues offloading him he's done his job he's made some made some money yep um Lachlan Croker, I can see why people are selling him. He, he lost money last week, and his break-even is not, not low again. Um, plus, yeah, he's, you know, there's, there's the the thought of uh, Riley Jacks in the halves. So if you've, I, I can imagine a lot of people jumping across to him. Um, and uh, Jason Talmalolo, why are people selling him now? Yeah. He's lost 114 grand. It's like, I just, yeah. It's and really- JT, oh. <laughs> it's a funny list because Sam Burgess is on this list. I'm like, if you're going to sell him, why wouldn't you sell him last week? Yeah, you know exactly. he's back next week. <laughs> it's a suspension. It's not an injury. Especially since uh, all those guys, Taumalolo, JT, and Burgess, will all play that first buy. Yeah, exactly. That yeah, they're all That's holds crazy. for mine. 
especially like you said with Taumalolo, he's 113k down. If you sold him, you should. If you wanted to sell him, you should have done it two or three weeks ago. You know, you have people like myself who, in two or three weeks' time, uh, will be looking to buy him, um, leading yeah. into that round thirteen buy. So, if you've hold on, if you've held on this long, he's a hold for mine going forward. Yeah, totally agree. Definitely, uh, Trent Merrin. A few people still selling him. I agree with that. He was my. He was who I sold a couple of weeks ago for Arrow. Uh, which luckily turned out to be quite a good trade. Dewey from the Rabbits, obviously playing that bench utility. Uh, he's got to go. Connor Watson's on the list with that injury. And then a few people cashing in on Slade Griffin, which probably makes sense. Yep. We've, we've spoken about Brown, who I think we both think is a hold. I, I've just put Widop on this list here. Obviously very expensive and a great opportunity to trade him down to another keeper like a DCE or, or Johnson, most people seem to be doing, and bank some cash. Do you like that option? Yeah, I actually think if I owned Winup, I would be selling him this week. Okay. Just because, you know, I would swap him to an SJ or a Milford or, or a DCE, someone like that, where there's every chance he's going to average within 10 points of Winup moving forward. Um, but, you know, you're freeing up anywhere from 160 to $250,000 to upgrade your team elsewhere um i think that you know in, in in a year where cash is pretty hard to come up with uh i think that's you know a legitimate option you know you don't have to cash in a cow early like i, I see a lot of people have have talked about selling map um selling lodge or cacao or people like that where they've still got some cash to make um and you know they're, they're people you can play in your 17 for the time being but they're selling them so they can upgrade another cow to to a keeper uh, because they're obviously trying to bolster the team as soon as uh, as soon as they can. But yeah, I, I just I I'd, I'd gamble with selling Widdop ahead of um, you know some of those other options for the time being. Okay, yeah, like you say, it is quite hard to generate cash this year. It does seem uh, one of the other guys who a few people are jumping off is Elliot Whitehead. Uh, so started off the year very well with four tries in his first two games. Uh, has had no attacking stats in the last two weeks and only uh, only coming off a 38 and a 27. Still playing big minutes, but his break evens up at 107 this week. What what would you do with Whitehead? I would. The Raiders don't play that first buy, and I've never been that keen on Whitehead. Uh, so I would probably be one of those ones who's selling him. Yeah, 100%. He's been because he's so versatile he's been playing like in in those games he's scoring tries from right center he's he played left center last week after oldfield went off um he's played lock he's played on the left edge he's played on the right edge he's played all over the over the the park basically so he's been quite fortunate to score those attacking stats that he scored i think only one of them came from his actual normal position uh, everything else has been, you know, when he's filled in for other players, like it, for, for injury or whatever. So I'd definitely be selling him without a doubt. He's just not, he's, he's too versatile for his own good right now. Yeah, yeah. He's got to go. And you mentioned briefly um, Lodge, I think it was. So Lodge and Pangai from the Broncos. Pangai returned from injury, um, you know, a bit of a bit of a ginger return. I think he only scored 39. I think he ended up on 39. Lodge was just under 50. 
I'm, I've got both these guys and I'm going to hold both of them because I think that they are solid enough players with a bit more upside. Uh, what's your yep. thought on those two? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm in no rush to sell uh, Lodge. I actually sold Pangai early on because I had no other option to get Cam Murray. So he went early. That was a heartbreaking moment for me. Didn't want to part for, with <laughs> him from my team. But, uh, you know, you've got to make the tough calls in super coach especially because yeah. i had gone gotten off to such a bad start so i didn't feel i could have Pangai sitting on the bench for potentially two three or four like it was just an unknown i didn't know how long it was going to be for so actually just to jump back a bit I, I think brown if you can afford to hold him he's definitely a hold but i'm actually thinking of considering selling him this week just because i mentioned before i've got brown and murray uh, in my back row and not a lot of depth so I will struggle this way. I could potentially be playing Cardi as one of my starters if I don't oh. make a move, basically. <laughs> so um, because I've got the Brown and Murray out as well. So, um, you know, if, if you're in a, a predicament like I am, then I don't have an issue with selling Brown to, say, I, I think, you know, one of the trades I consider was going Brown to Arrow for, for the time being, um, you know, fixing up a mistake, slash maybe just, you know, getting the cash for a couple of weeks in case Arrow doesn't turn out to be a keeper. Um, but then, you know, say when Lodge tops up, um, tops out at his max price, then it'll be a pretty easy upgrade to go from Lodge to Brown with a bit of cash that's generated from elsewhere. So I think that's something I might do. It'll end up burning an extra trade overall, but for me, it keeps the points rolling, and I need those points now. And if I've any chance to catch, you know, the people in the top one thousand right now. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Points are key, and obviously the Broncos don't play that first buy round. Um, okay, so let's go to the buys, as in B U Y S, this week. And there's there's a few good options here with some low break evens. So we've spoken about George Jennings, who I'm trading in this week for Asako, and you're quite keen on him as well. A Jai Arrow, everyone knows he got a huge score on the weekend. He's got a low BE, um, every man and his dog's jumping on. Potential keeper, you're going to make some cash over the next two weeks. I don't think we need to go into a huge analysis on him. Um, I'm probably more interested in your thoughts on Fafita versus Gallon. Um, Gallon coming off 70-plus minutes on the weekend, uh, first decent score all year. And Fafita with a, a good score as well with a bunch of offloads in there. Most people seem to be preferring Fafita uh, as the option this week ahead of Gallon. Um, what are your thoughts on those two? So I started round one with Gallon, uh, and as soon as he was named on the bench, I actually swapped into Fafita. So I've had Fafita the whole time, and he's been solid for my team. Um, I think if I was picking between the two, I would lean towards Fafita just because he's not, you know, 37 years of age right now. Uh, Gal, Gal worries me. I, I just don't know how he's going to go with, you know, playing those 65 plus minute games. Like he averaged 64 minutes last year and there was a balance of, you know, 50 minute games here and there and the occasional really tight game where he stayed on for as long as he could and, you know, made a, a squillion meters or whatever, but they were spaced out and he often didn't back them up. So, uh, I think the few times I, I saw like he played like a 70-plus minute game last year and then the next week he'd play 45 to 50 or something like that. So uh, if I was buying the two, I think I'd lean towards Fafita just because um, he's 
he's getting better minutes this year. He's his work rate's good. He hasn't had any major attacking stats, which we know Fafid is that kind of guy. Inevitably, he's gonna he's gonna score a try or, or you know offload for a, a try assist, line break assist here and there. And and as soon as he does that, he's gonna go 100 plus for that week or whatever. So I, I would lean towards Fafida, but you know most people are probably gonna grab both by the time it gets around 13 anyway. So it's just a preference of who you want first. Okay, so if if you're like you and I who already have Fafida in their team, would you go out and get Gallon this week? Um, well, I've actually written that I will wait a week to see how he goes against the Dragons, uh, just because the Dragons are currently the hardest team for any front row forward or second row forward to score against. They've let the least number of points to opposing like forwards, basically. So, so just out of in, so just out of interest sake, where are you getting? Where would you get a stat like that from? Because I would have no idea how you work that out. So uh, this is a shout out to uh, the NRL Supercoach Stats site that um, we've plugged multiple times. Um, it's where obviously I get um, the minutes breakdown from. Uh, if you look at the minutes madness weekly article that I put up, the screenshots I borrow from that site. So. In their, um, if you look in the on the site in the stats section, uh, if you go on the 2018 and then there's a drop down menu that goes to, I think it's on the right hand side. If you look down, there's a position versus team ah. um, thing. If you click that, there's a little um, a site, sorry, another page that pops up and then it ranks, um, you know, which teams have allowed the most points and the least points. So basically, if it's red, so if you look at um, you know the line down the bottom, which is St George, they currently have a lot of 14s and 16s, which means they are either the 16th hardest team for points to be scored against in those areas, or the 14th. So right now, uh, front row forward, forward, second row forward, and halfbacks, they're 16th for opposing teams. So Jesus. basically, yeah, they're they've been tough to score against, basically. Okay, so this. This is really good, actually. So, I mean, this tells us, you know, Titans, Newcastle are the easiest teams to score against Parramatta. We sort of, you know, knew that. But within Parramatta, just as an example, front row and second row forwards uh, score the most points against Parramatta, but 5'8 score the 12th most and fullbacks the 10th most. So that's even interesting, you know, if you've got a team coming up against Parramatta some particular positions might score well, but some other positions might not not score as well, hey? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, yeah. if you... Obviously, the more weeks in the season, the better and more yeah. accurate these scores will be because some of them are, are quite skewed because of one massive score. Like, yeah. obviously, the Gold Coast, they're, they're number one for 5-8 because Gareth would have put 173 points on them. Mm. Um, and then, you know, you had Tommy Turbo put 158 on, I think it was the, the Raiders. So they're like number two for the fullback position, but it's yeah. because of that one big score. So sometimes you've got to dig a little deeper, especially when it's only you know quite early in the season. But say with Parramatta, I mean, I probably in hindsight shouldn't have captained Maloney, a 5'8", who, um, you know, on paper it looked good, but they, they were the 12th hardest team to score uh, against for 5'8". So... Uh, I should have looked at the site before I decided my <laughs> captain last week. <laughs> ah, that's very good. That's very good. So that's nrlsupercoachstats.com. Go up the top to the stats, 2018, and then uh, four from the bottom, position versus team. Don't very forget, good. if you like what you see, there's a little donate button 
uh, you know, we, we know the, the guy who runs the side and he, any, any donations obviously will help him keep making it better. Oh, definitely, mate. It's an, it's an excellent site. So definitely behind, get behind Matt and, and do what you can to help him. Uh, some of the other guys this week, Riley Jacks and Jack Gashevsky, um, they're both quite popular purchases but won't see a price rise till next week. So I think you can wait on those two guys. Um, there's a couple of, you know, the usual guys, Fisher Harris, we've spoken about him before, Madison. Um, I've got a couple, I just uh, flicked down a couple of other names here. Cohen Hess, we sort of passed over because he'll probably play Origin, but he's been going very well. He's he's over 600k though, so he's quite expensive. Uh, And without that round 13, I probably wouldn't bother with him. Um, one of the interesting ones I wanted to ask you about was Mitch Moses from Parramatta. Obviously, a few of us, including myself, had him at the start of the year. He had the worst two week, opening two weeks I've ever seen in my life, and a lot of people <laughs> jumped off. He's, I think he's down to around 330k now. Um, does he play that round 13? Yeah, he does. He does. So, what, what would you would you jump back on him, or would you jump on him in, uh, for the first time this year? Um, I wouldn't be jumping back on because I didn't have him, but I, I can I can see the appeal. Obviously, you know he did average seventy over the back end of last year, so the potential's there. You know, having Gutho back will only help the Eels. But my concern is, uh, you know, jumping on him now. I mean, what. Well, you're either jumping on him so you can play him in your 17 because he's not not super cheap. He's not like a cheapie or anything like that. Or you're paying money to say upgrade a croaker to him or something like that, and then you're parking him in your you know your non-playing reserves for you know seven weeks mm. to to play him in round 13. Like it doesn't quite sit well with me. Like I think if you're going to trade, you're either going up to someone, you, you're strengthening your 17 or you're downgrading to a cheapie who's going to make money and also freeing up funds to to upgrade your 17, basically. That's the way I would try play, you know, any trades that I'm making. So when people are spending money on Croker to upgrade him to Moses just because they think Moses is bottomed out, because, um, I mean, yeah, his break-even is like 14, but he could, I mean, he dropped like 15 or the 14 score like a couple of weeks ago. Like, what if he does that again? I mean, he's, he, maybe he hasn't bottomed out. There's still seven weeks before round 13 for him to potentially drop one of those scores in there and then, you know, lose some more cash again. So I, I guess if you're punting on him thinking you can play him in your 17 in the next couple of months before round 13 even, then sure. But if you're planning to just park him on your bench um, and, and only roll him out if you've got an injury or something to your first line, halfback or your 5'8", then I'd probably not jump on him yet. Especially with um, Nathan Brown being out for the next week or two. I just, you know, he's he's the Eels' best forward and the Eels have been struggling in their pack already. So with him out, I don't I don't like their chances of winning, basically. <laughs> no, fair enough, mate. A uh, couple of options in the centres. Masters, we mentioned briefly earlier, and you and Aitken... Uh, both playing quite well. Probably worth a look there to to upgrade some of your centre wing to strengthen that position. And Tohu Harris, we spoke about him in previous weeks. Uh, had another 55 on the weekend, 51 of that in base. 
So no attacking stats or no creating stats uh, for Tohu this week, but still managed a decent score. Break even of 68, so no need to, you know, to jump on him immediately, but always a good option there to, to strengthen your second row. Uh, is there any other any other sort of buy options that you want to bring up at this stage? No, not really. I mean, <clears throat> excuse it me. Fe- it feels like a George Jennings, Jai Arrow, Fafita Gallon, maybe Fisher Harris type of week. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm actually not sure if you want to jump on Fisher Harris this week. I mean, I I went Trent Merrin to Fisher Harris last week, and I think that was a great trade. I wish I'd gone to Jai Arrow, but <laughs> like I I just don't know if he's going to have you know enough cash to make over the next couple of weeks. Just because, I mean, with your Isaiah Yeo going to centre, that that's going to help him this week. But I, I don't know if that's going to be long term because I think I actually saw before that um, Blake's going to have surgery on his on his ankle, mm. which is going to rule him out for at least eight weeks. So that means I can see Anthony Griffin having to find a more long term solution to you know fill in that centre spot. And I don't know if he's want he's going to want to play Isaiah Yeo there for eight weeks. So if that's the case, then, you know, if he go, if Yoga goes back to the back row, that's 80 minutes again for him there. And then, you know, that means most likely someone's going to miss out on minutes out of the other forwards between, you know, CHN, Kakao and Fisher-Harris. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I I mean, I've, I think if you've got him, that's great. Like, just ride the cash. But I don't know how much more cash he's going to make. And... If you kind of keep an eye on, obviously, round 13, like, he's not going to play round 13. So, yeah, I just thought I'd throw, it out, throw that out there for people considering bringing him in this week. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to pass on him. I'm going to let him go and focus on my other areas. Uh, my trades for this week, probably Asako out for George Jennings. And then uh, Fitella Mariner is going to move on for Gallon. I think Gallon's down 80k from the start of the year. I know he's only had one good game, but I'm just going to sort of lock him up uh, for that round 13 buy now, um, yep. and so you know, so I don't have to worry about him. Um, I don't think that yeah. they're the best trades in the world, but I just, just I don't know. Give it a crack. What about you? Yeah, I, I don't mind those trades at all. Um, look, I'm torn between going Nathan Brown to Jai Arrow. And maybe Leilua to George Jennings through Madison. Um, I'm all, I've also played around with Asako down to George Jennings. And then um, I think upgrading... Um, I, can't, I can't remember who I decided to upgrade. But yeah, upgrading one of my other forwards. I think it might have been Cartwright to um, Jai Arrow. But yeah, I, I, I just can't decide. I... I I haven't spent long enough thinking about it yet, but yeah, it's a tough call. I'll have to really work out what I want to do. Like just just finding out about Cam Murray earlier kind of threw me out because <laughs> I'd made my plans and then all of a sudden I've lost another second row forward. So that's when I started thinking about trading out Nathan Brown. So <laughs> what a shame, mate. You know, it's all coming up trumps for my team. I think ever it's all coming up trumps for the duffel bag boys. They we are coming for this top one thousand this year. I reckon I can feel it. No, you're in a good spot for it, so don't don't let it slip. <laughs> Thirty. I've got. I've only used four trades so far this year as well, so 33 left at the moment. Uh, 
before oh, before trades this week. So that's really well done. Couple up my sleeve there, but like I said, I've got you know four or five blokes in my team that are doing nothing and making me no money. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we will wrap it up there. Thank you very much uh, for giving on your time to to jump in as a replacement again this week, mate. Uh, very much appreciated. No worries. Always fun. Thanks for having me on again. That's all right. Thank you to everyone for downloading and listening. Good luck this week. Make sure you check out all of the articles on the site, as always, and we'll speak to you next week. See you, mate. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.